Coming up next, the podcast of Ancient Roads, Real Israel Talk Radio, episode 20-50. That Roman execution tree, that was just the beginning, friends. That was the gateway that opened the door to go deep, deep down into a fiery furnace of the second death from Genesis 2.17 in Hebrew. That's where he went. Shalom, friends. This is Avi ben Mordechai, and you're tuned into Real Israel Talk Radio. On today's episode, we're going to dive into our segment of the Son of Man teaching series dealing with the bread and the wine of the New Covenant, or if you will, the Hamotzi and the Kiddush. So, without any further delay, let's jump right into the study. And if you want to get a little bit of a review from what we've previously covered on this subject, just go back to any one of the past five episodes of this study, and it'll take you right through the whole Son of Man teaching series leading us into the bread and the wine. Yeah, I've gone through a lot of detail that I just simply could not even write about it because it's a lot of material. But I wanted to take all of these episodes to really present it in a very deep and special way that you will get it and you will understand what is being said. On our last podcast, we were talking about Yeshua who said in John 8 verse 12, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. And then later on, in that same chapter of the Gospel of John, beginning at verse 31 and continuing through verse 32, he is saying to the people listening to him, If you live live or abide in my word, which would be the logos in Greek, the memra in Aramaic, the devar in Hebrew, or the word in English. If you live in or abide in my word, he says, then you are my students, my disciples indeed. Then verse 32, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Now, remember, in Hebraic thought, the word know, you know, like to know the truth, it's not an intellectual exercise. It's not a cerebral exercise. That's generally the idea that you get in Greek philosophy. The Hebraic or Hebrew idea behind knowing something is yada, yada, and yada carries with it the idea of knowing something through experience. So it's a practical knowledge, not a cerebral knowledge. It's practical knowledge That's the Hebrew idea. So it's to know the truth by experience.
experiencing the truth, by walking in the truth. And then Yeshua says, the truth will make you free. And so people say, great, the truth will make me free. And then they ask the question, what do I need to be free from? Ah, therein lies the rub. Because people don't know what they're being freed from. They have to be told. The truth sets us free from the etz hada'at tov vera. That is, from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, as it is mentioned in Genesis chapter 3. This is about the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, the Etzadatovirah. It's a very important idea because it's that tree which is our slavery. Because of Adam and Hava, Adam and Eve, we inherited something that they did in Genesis 3.22. Again, Genesis 3.22. What did they do? They became one. They unified themselves with and in and to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, the Etzhadah Tovirah. They became one with that tree. They ate its fruit. Whatever the tree is, I'm not going into that right now. But they became one, and when that happened, their DNA genetic material changed. I am fully convinced of that based on the Hebrew text of Genesis 3.22. Maybe you have heard the statement, you are what you eat. I'm sure you've heard of that before, right? We talk about these things like, yesterday I was a kosher hot dog, and this morning, I'm a glazed donut. Okay, do you understand the idea? So you are what you eat. The food that you put into your body, it becomes one with your cellular structure. And you become one with what you eat. This is why we are commanded that if we want to have a relationship with Jehovah, we are commanded to eat kosher. We are commanded not to put the unclean meats into our mouth and into our body because those unclean meats are going to connect with our cellular genetic material inside our soul, inside our body. Those unclean meats and unclean foods are going to attach to you and become one with you. And that is not good. So that's what happened to Adam and his wife, or Adam and his woman. They became one with something that they should not have become one with. And if you want to learn more about these ideas of you are what you eat, go back and listen to the podcasts that my wife and I did together called Why I Exchanged My Salami for Pastrami. It's a full, multi-part teaching on the idea that you are what you eat. So be careful what you put into your cellular structure because it's going to become one with you and you have to use wisdom. And if you don't want to be unclean inside, 
then you have to do something about what you're putting into your body in the sense of the unclean meats like pork, shellfish, and many other things that are not even edible or considered food for a believer in Messiah. Enough of that said for now. So let's go back now to understanding and walking in the truth. The truth is very important, and it becomes one with you. So the genetic material that became one with Adam and his woman in the Garden of Eden, Genesis chapter 3, that is what destroyed them. And they passed it down through their sons, Cain or Cain and Seth or Sheth. They passed it down through their sons, beginning in Genesis chapter 4, verse 1, when it says that Adam knew his wife, and she conceived and bore sons. But they were all part of a corrupted DNA, my friends. All of them were. So that is what was passed down to us. We suffer from the same genetic material as they did because they passed it down to us. They gave it to us. They infected us. Thus, we carry their genome. We carry the genetic material that was in them. And it's spiritual and physical. It's both, ladies and gentlemen. It's both physical and spiritual. Now, our spiritual walk, our spiritual life was changed when we came to be one with Messiah by believing. The same with Noah, the same with Abraham, the same with Job, the same with all of the disciples. It's the same for Paul. It's everybody. Those who believe in Yeshua, we become spiritually changed in our DNA genetic makeup on the inside. Paul calls it the new creation in Messiah. We are still waiting for a change of our DNA genetic makeup, our genome structure on the outside. That's our body. We're waiting for that resurrection of the dead on the last day. That is the end times prophesied resurrection. We're waiting for it. When that happens, your body, your flesh, which still contains the sickness and the corruption from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, your body will be destroyed and you are going to be getting a new body. But if you've already died and gone to sleep, then you're going to resurrect with a new body. But if you're alive, when this happens, Paul talks about it then it's going to be an instantaneous transformation and you are going to have an automatic instantaneous transformation from death into life. That's going to happen. So this leads us into what we were talking about on the previous podcast about the concept of bread dough because we have to become one with Messiah in order to receive the blessing of the spiritual redemption and the physical end times resurrection redemption. 
We've got to become one with him. We've got to join with Messiah and associate with Messiah. So this is understood through the Hebrew word for a lump of dough. A lump of bread dough is called in Hebrew batzek, beit tzadikuf. That is the concept of a lump of bread dough. Look at 1 Corinthians 10.17 when you get a moment. 1 Corinthians 10.17. Now, as I said previously, that this idea of Hebrew and the Hebrew letters, they all have kind of their own uh, consciousness or their own persona, their own personality. It's actually quite unique. I can't say that that's true for English, but I can say it's true for Hebrew. So the word batsek in Hebrew, those three letters, beit sadikuf, when you flip them around, you get other words that mean things and to help bring clarification to these ideas. Again, as we talked about last time, and I won't go into a great detail here, batsek, that is a lump of bread dough, it can be changed into the word kavatz, kuf vet tzadi, kuf vet tzadi. And that word kavatz, you might recognize it from modern Hebrew with the word kibbutz, okay? Kibbutz, it's the idea of a collective. And that's exactly what a lump of dough is. It's a collective of hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of little tiny particles of grains of wheat that have been crushed. And they all come together. So when you eat bread, and I eat bread, or when we break bread together, we are becoming one with each other. That's what the early believers used to do when they went from house to house. They went from home to home in fellowships because they were breaking bread together. What does that mean? It means they were becoming one with each other. It was a collective because of the idea of kavats or kibbutz and batsek. It's bread dough, becoming one with each other. That's what Yeshua asked and prayed to the Father, that we would become one with him even as he is one. So this is a beautiful idea. This is the concept of a lump of dough. But bread dough is related to the idea of lacham or lechem joining together. Yes, of course, it's a different root in Hebrew. But the idea is that you take a lump of bread dough and you turn it into something that you can eat together. So that lump of bread dough becomes a loaf of bread, a joining together. Because there's many individual wheat grains to make a loaf of bread. So the essence of bread is that of hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of fused together grains of wheat from a lump of dough, making us bread. But then if you change the letters around, you will come up with the word chamal. Chamal chet mem lamed. Chamal, that's in Ezekiel 16.5. Chamal is a biblical Hebrew word for compassion. 
compassion for those that are hurting, for the brokenhearted, for the sick, for the dying. It's compassion. Hamal. And that is important because that's why Scripture is going to tell us that Jehovah wants us to share our bread with the hungry. That's in Isaiah chapter 58. He wants us to share our bread with the hungry. Obviously, that's compassion. So the idea is hamal. And then you change the letters around again, and you come up with melach. Melach is mem, lamed, chet. And melach is the word for salt. There you see that in Ezekiel 16.4, right before Ezekiel 16.5, which talks about compassion. Salt is a preservative, and salt is also for healing. So, we have been given by Jehovah a covenant of salt. You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. You are a preservative for people's lives so they don't go into the second death after their physical death. You're helping to preserve their nephesh or their neshama or their soul life. You're the preservation to them to go to Jehovah. And you are therefore the teaching truth for the healing conduit that Jehovah wants to heal people. So he uses you and me as a covenant, a breed of salt. So we have here lechem joining together. We have here hamal, compassion. We have here melach, salt, all tied in with this idea of bread, lechem which is a lump of dough, which is, of course, batsek, which is then the idea of kavats, which shows us in Hebrew the idea of a collective, such as a kibbutz. It's putting things together. So all these ideas are embedded in the Hebrew terms batsek, for a lump of dough, lechem, for bread, and other words and ideas that convey covenant, unity, oneness, togetherness, compassion, salt, healing, preservation, all these ideas, all were Second Temple messianic concepts. And you can see that in John 12, 37 through 38. So what do you think it was that was causing Paul to say we were buried with him through immersion into death? That's an association. That's a joining. That just as Messiah was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life because we're walking with him. But if we have been united together there's that joining idea in the likeness of his death. That's that joining. Certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Yes, of course. And knowing this, Paul says that our old man, that's on the inside because we haven't yet experienced the final redemption through the resurrection from the dead at the last day. So our old man inside, that which we inherited as a genetic imprint from Adam and Eve, 
That's our old man. And he was crucified with Yeshua on that tree, on that execution tree, on that crucifixion tree. I'm using the word tree specifically, not cross, because it's a tree. And your New Testament will even say that. Because it's a picture of the Yetzadah Tovirah, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in Genesis chapter 3. Our old man was crucified with him that this body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. That's going in with Yeshua's death and coming resurrection. Now, if we died with Messiah, and I believe we have because of our joining and our association based on the Hebrew word that is from Isaiah 53.5, we get the word stripes. The word stripes in English is derived by the translators from the word chavurah or chabur, or chaver. Chaver, chavurah, that's the idea from the Hebrew. And chaver and chavurah, that is the term in Hebrew for friendship, to become joined as one, to connect, to connect one to another. So this is a connection idea. So, Paul says, now if we died with Messiah, we believe because of this idea of this joining, this connection, we believe that we will also live with him, with Messiah. Just as he came up from the dead, from the second death, we come up from the second death. Do you all follow me here? This is so fantastic. Yeshua taught the disciples this whole teaching of Isaiah 53 when he spoke about it in Matthew 20, 26 through 28, helping us to define what it means to be a true servant. Matthew 20, 26 through 28. Yet it shall not be so among you, but whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. And this idea of true servitude is understood from Yeshua's own example in John thirteen twelve through 15 so when he had washed their feet, he said to them, Do you know what I've done to you? You call me teacher and master, and you say, Well, for so I am. If I then, your master and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Well, here we have the idea of what it means to be a servant. And this is how we are to love one another. 
is by dying to ourself and living to our brother, to our neighbor, to our wife. So the key to eternal life is in first identifying with Yeshua's death, then sprouting and returning to life through Yeshua's resurrection. And in this, there's going to be a conquering of our Adamic sickness on the inside, which is going to reckon us as just and fulfilling Yehovah's demand for divine justice. Yehovah does not sit in his throne room of heaven all day long saying to us, oh, I just love you, love you, love you, love you, love you, without also demanding justice. If there is no justice, there is no love. If there is no justice, there is no love. We're going to take a quick break and we'll come back after the break and we'll talk more about this and then get into the fruit of the vine that is the Kiddush, which is very important. Stay with us. This is Avi Ben Mordechai and you're listening to Real Israel Talk Radio. You're listening to Avi Ben Mordechai and the podcast of Ancient Roads, Real Israel Talk Radio, episode 20-49. Welcome back to the podcast of Ancient Roads, Real Israel Talk Radio. Once again, here's your host, Avi Ben Mordechai. Okay, we're back for the second half of Real Israel Talk Radio, leaving off before the break. I was talking with you about Yeshua and the principles that he taught from Isaiah 53. Here we have the idea of what it means to be a servant. And this is how we are to love one another. So this is a beautiful idea. But if there is no justice, there is no love. I know you can relate to this, parents. I know you can. You got two children, and one is after the other saying, He did it. No, he did it. No, he did it. No, he did it. If you punish or discipline the wrong one, then the one that didn't do it and yet you disciplined and punished, you're going to teach that kid that you have no love because you were not just. But Jehovah was perfect and complete in being just because of his demand for justice so that he could be proven that he has love. So with Yeshua, our second death decree was satisfied from Genesis 2.17 in the Hebrew. The second death can no longer hold you hostage and have a claim on you. However, if one insists, I'm not sick, I'm totally well, then there's no remedy for you from the inherited sickness. And this is the whole teaching behind Paul's doctrine in the book of Galatians. For Yeshua himself said in Mark 2.17, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I did not come to call the just or the righteous or the saintly people, but sinners to repentance. That's the key. This is why we take his bread to identify with him so that we can be made whole by his actions. Now let's go on to the fruit of the vine. In the taking of Kiddush, which is the Hebrew word for a set-apart blessing, it's called Kiddush. 
It is the drinking from a cup of new wine, and Jews all over the world recite this traditional prayer of Kiddush. They do it at synagogue. They do it at home. You even may do it at home or at a synagogue or at a gathering or on a Friday night Arab Shabbat dinner. You will say Kiddush. And it goes like this. Baruch Adonai or Baruch Yehovah or however you're used to saying the name. Baruch Adonai Eloheinu Melech HaOlam Borei Pri Hagafen. Blessed are you, Yehovah, our Elohim, King of the universe, creating the fruit of the vine. What is this fruit of the vine? What is it? How can we know what it is, folks? The fruit of the vine goes back to the days of Yeshua when he was giving the new covenant wine to his disciples on the night of his betrayal. And every Jew all around the world, millions of them, they all say and pronounce the Kiddush when they drink the wine. They say, creating the fruit of the vine. But the thing is, multitudes of them don't even know what it means and where it came from. This goes back to Yeshua. Well, what did Yeshua say about this? It's in John 15, 5. I am the vine, you are the branches, he who abides or lives in me, and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Here is the blessing of the Kiddush as Yeshua spoke it. He is the vine, and we are thanking Yehovah our God, our Elohim, who is the king of the universe for creating, or if you will, for making, making, la'asot in Hebrew, for making the fruit of the vine. So Yeshua is the vine and what he produces for us is the fruit. And that's why we say, bore, creating, pre the fruit, hagafen, of the vine. Pre, in Hebrew, gives us the word for fruit or a flower and is the very same word that gives us the word Ephraim. Ephraim, which many of you will know as one of the tribes of the families of Israel. Ephraim, which is used today to talk about Judah or Yehuda and Ephraim. And Ephraim is simply doubly fruitful. That is, double fruit. So it's, blessed are you, Yehovah Elohim, king of the universe, creating the double fruit of or from the vine. That is us. We're the double fruit of the vine because of the two redemptions the new inner man through the transformation of the spirit and the prophesied soon-to-come 
outer man redemption through the last day resurrection from the dead, the Techiat Hamatim, the resurrection from the dead. Those are the two redemptions. These constitute the double fruit that we produce in the vine. And apart from him, we can do nothing. So Yeshua, in Matthew 26, 28, he says, This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. Adam and his woman or his wife Eve transferred to us in their downline conveyance, downline transfer of the genetic material that was in them from eating from the Etzadat Tovirah, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, becoming one with that tree, passing down that genetic imprint to every other generation below them through their children from Genesis chapter 4 verse 1 all the way down line. It's an inherited imprint. And we got sick because of it also when you were born into this world too. I know you understand this. This is the idea behind that new covenant We cannot rely on the old covenant. That's not what the biblical text is talking about. The new covenant is what Yeshua bought for us by separating us from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That's the old covenant. The Etzadat Tovirah is the old covenant. It is the tree of sin and death. It is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That's that mixture of all that junk and poison in the fruit of that tree. That's the old covenant. Yeshua transferred us away from that, paid the decree of the second death for us. And we now have a new covenant. Same Torah, new covenant. Yes, the Mosaic Torah is still valid. But it's through this new covenant that Yeshua gave to us through his work. We now have a new brit, a new relationship through his blood because he went into the second death and came up on the third day. So this leads me to understand why Yeshua was praying about the cup in the Garden of Gatshaman, that is, Gethsemane. Matthew 26, 39, he went a little farther and fell on his face and he prayed, saying, Oh, my Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Matthew 26, 42, again a second time, he went away and prayed, saying, Oh, my Father, if this cup cannot pass away from me, Unless I drink it, your will be done. And Luke 22, 44, being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. Then his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. Because he's going to give his blood back to the earth. Because the blood that he had was corrupted from the Garden of Eden genetic imprint that was inside of him. 
That's his old man, his old DNA that he carried for us. And the cup that he was crying over saying, please, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. What cup was he talking about? And why did he sweat great drops of blood falling to the ground? My friends, I believe with all my heart that he was in agony over knowing that the next stop after the tree of his crucifixion, the next stop for him was the second death in the lake of fire. That's where I think he went next. That Roman execution tree, that was just the beginning. That Roman execution tree, that was just the beginning, friends. That was the gateway that opened the door to go deep, deep down into a fiery furnace of the second death from Genesis 2.17 in Hebrew. That's where he went. He said, I will do this. This is what I came to do. And if it can't pass away, unless I drink it, then he said, your will be done. So this leads us to a final sequence of ideas that I want to give to you and let you think these things through as you do your own study. First, this is the sequence of verses. Follow these verses through in your own study. I'm not going to read them all for you. Some of them I will. I'm giving you these verses in a sequence to let you follow through. And if you will do this in your own private Bible study, it will help you understand all that's going on here with Yeshua and why we're doing the Kiddush and the Hamotzi. We start with the fruit of the vine, which is the Sabbath blessing of Kiddush. Baruch atah Adonai, Eloheinu melech haolam, borei pri hagafen. Blessed are you, Yehovah Elohim, King of the universe, creating the fruit of the vine. That is the Kiddush blessing. Now, John 15, 1 through 3. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes him away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. That's the doubly fruitful life. And that's why we all have to be pruned. So Paul says in 2 Corinthians 4, that we are crushed, but we are not destroyed because we're getting pruned. Then Yeshua says, you are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. And then he says in verse 4, has the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it lives or abides in the vine? Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, and you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. This is the idea behind the prayer that he's speaking about, to go and bear fruit 
which is why we're saying Brepuri Hagafen, creating the fruit of the vine that's in us. But if we go to Isaiah 5, 1 through 4, it's going to talk about rotten fruit. Isaiah 5, 1 through 4. Now let me sing to my well-beloved a song of my beloved regarding his vineyard. My well-beloved has a vineyard on a very fruitful hill. There's the Hebrew word for pre. And he dug it up and cleared out its stones, planted it with a choicest vine. He built a tower in its midst and made a wine press in it. And he expected it to bring forth good anavim. Anavim grapes. But what did it bring forth? It brought forth Beushim, wild grapes. Wild grapes? Nah, not really. I think a better translation for Beush, Beush, Beit Aleph Shin, is sour, unripe berries. Sour, unripe berries. A stench of grapes, odious, odious, a stench to stink. Yeah, miserable, harmful, gross. That's the idea. So he's saying, we're supposed to bear fruit, but there are those among us that are bearing beush, rotten, stinky, odious fruit. So then we go to Hosea 14, 2. Hosea 14.2. In 14.1, the context is, O Israel, return to Yehovah your Elohim, for you have stumbled because of your perversion, your twistedness, iniquity. Take words with you and return to Yehovah and say to him, take away all perversion. Receive us with grace. We will offer the fruit of our lips, the fruit. They're translating it as sacrifices or as bulls in Orthodox Judaism, but it's not bulls and it's not sacrifices. No, it's parim. You could say it was bulls, but it doesn't make any sense. But if you say parim as fruits, the fruits of our lips, that makes sense because that is repentance. That's what the context is telling us in Hosea chapter 14, verse 1, when it uses the Hebrew word shuvah, shuvah, which is an imperative command. Shuvah, repentance. And how do you do it? You do it through your lips. You say it, which then takes you to Romans 10, 4 through 8. And in the context, we know this is talking about Messiah as being the end of the law for justness to everyone who believes. That's right. The key is you gain justness because of Messiah, not because of you. Messiah gives you his justness so that you're not under the law of sin and death anymore from Genesis chapter 3. So, in Romans 10.8, Paul gives us a quote coming from Deuteronomy 30 verse 14 regarding repentance. 
And he says, the word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. Verse 9, that if you confess with your mouth, Yehovah, the Master Yeshua, and believe in your heart that Elohim has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness. Verse 10, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And verse 11 says, if you believe in him, you will not be disappointed. The word shame is not the proper word. It's you will not be disappointed. So you confess with your mouth. And that's what Yeshua was identifying in Matthew 23, 39 in speaking with the Pharisees. So let's go there. Yeshua was saying to the Pharisees, see, your house is left to you desolate, referring to what was going to happen another generation from them in the year 70. And then he says in verse 39, for I say to you, you shall see me no more until you say, and this is coming from Psalm 118, verse 26, blessed is he who comes in the name of Jehovah. You have to say that. Blessed is he who comes in the name of Jehovah. That is the blessing of the lips. That's what Hosea 14.2 is talking about. That's what Romans 10.8 is talking about. That is what John 15 is talking about. So therefore, we go to Isaiah 29.13. Therefore, thus says Jehovah, Inasmuch as these people draw near with their mouths and honor me with their lips, that is, with the svataim, lips, but have removed their hearts far from me. Why? Their fear toward me is taught by the commandments of men, which is religion. Man would rather have his own religion and his own justification by what he can do, kind of like I'll pull myself up by my own bootstraps, which is sort of what my grandparents used to say. No, we need what Yeshua has done for us, because you can't get out of the second death without him. So we need the fruit of our lips to say, Blessed are you, Yehovah, our Elohim. Baruch Shem Yehovah. So then we go to Psalm 118, verse 26, which is what Yeshua said in Matthew 23, 39. We have blessed you from the house of Yehovah because he's given us light. That's Messiah. So therefore, Yeshua says in Matthew 26, 28, for this is my blood of the new covenant which is shed for many for the remission of sin. But I say to you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. Because that is a reference to the last day resurrection from the dead when we are made whole. Then we will be whole on the inside and whole on the outside and we will be a new creation 100% and that's when we're going to drink it new with him. 
So that brings us over to Isaiah 66, verse 8. Who has heard of such a thing? Who has seen such things? Shall the earth be made to give birth in one day? Shall a nation be born at once? For as soon as Zion was in labor, she gave birth to her children. This is not about the nation of Israel getting reborn on May 14th, 1948. This is not even about June 7th, 1967. No, the context is about the resurrection of the last day that Paul mentions in 2 Thessalonians 4, 16 and 1 Corinthians 15. This is the resurrection of the last day. When that happens, we are made whole. He will give birth to us and we will become whole and born from above totally 100%. And then we will be a nation born at once instantaneously through the resurrection where the dead in Messiah will rise first. And then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds. That whole collective is the nation born at once. Which then brings us back to the fruit of the vine, Sabbath blessing of the Kiddush, which says, Baruch Adonai Eloheinu Melech Olam, Bore Priyagafen. Blessed are you, O Yehovah Elohim, King of the Universe, creating the fruit of the vine. And that is us. Again, I want to thank you for joining us here on this idea of the Son of Man. And all of this is coming to you, of course, free of charge. If you want to donate, fine. Go to our website and you can find out how to donate to this ministry. But otherwise, thanks so much for being a part of everything that we do. Thanks heaps from the Ministry of Coming Home. I'm Avi Ben-Mordechai, and this is Real Israel Talk Radio. Real Israel Talk Radio.